Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 88. Today, I'm sitting down with Lana Schlafer, who is a law of attraction coach and mindset expert. She's here to teach us how to invite manifestation into our daily lives so we can trust ourselves, figure out what we really want, and make that life a reality. Lana is a fellow twin mom, intuitive entrepreneur, and has so many incredible practical tips on how to bring our future into our present and listen to the deepest desires that we're carrying within ourselves. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in-the-moment reflections about how to live a life, build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week, right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lana. Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Okay, so before we dive into the interview, would you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your business journey? Yes. Um, I am a miracle maker, and I really own that now. <laughs> so that the journey here has not been full of rainbows and unicorns. I'm originally from Russia, and I came to the U.S. when I was 12 as a Jewish refugee with my family. And I sort of pursued the American dream to the best of my ability. I went um, to UC Berkeley and worked really hard and worked in investment banking and took myself as far as I could on a dream that had more security and stability and all the things that my parents really wanted for me and ended up feeling more miserable than ever. I had developed an eating disorder and depression and was heading down a pretty bleak road. And so I, I don't even know it's grace looking back that allowed me to do this, just decided there has to be something more. And I left investment banking, moved to Southern California on a whim. I was in San Francisco at the time and, um, ended up working as a success coach for a university where I got trained essentially as a life coach and saw firsthand what doing work that impacts the world and impacts me really feels like. Uh, and then have been on a journey ever since. I um, from then on uh, did yoga training, personal training, went to grad school for transpersonal therapy, have done every like self-development course and um, a lot of law of attraction, a lot of Abraham Hicks workshops and cruises, if anyone's familiar with them. And in the end, uh, created quite an incredible life, including giving birth to my twins at home, uh, born over six days, and they were born 33 hours apart. And that was a pivotal moment because after I experienced my own power as a woman in this way, and so many incredible, extraordinary circumstances that came out of literally nowhere, or so it seemed, um, people started asking me to teach and share more about how to do the impossible. And so the last uh, eight some years of my life, I have been doing just that. And now I have a book out called Manifest That Miracle, and I'm known as a law of attraction manifestation expert. Oh. That is so good. I'm going to so enjoy this conversation. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because you talk about the raw and the real aspects of, quote, success, right? And the fact that pivots and shifts, they're meant to be uncomfortable. Um, I know that in my own life, I know that I'm usually the most uncomfortable right before the next big thing happens because I'm being prepared for something new. Have you found that to be true as well? 
Yes, though, it really depends on our definitions of discomfort. And that's one thing that I realized is that depending on how you define things is what you will be able to extract from them. So most people would say, well, it's really difficult to make changes and um, it's painful or uncomfortable to do something new. That may be the case. I mean, change does come with unknown and depending on your risk tolerance and your capacity to feel bigger than any problem and embrace the challenges. But what is 100% true is that where you are is painful and uncomfortable and (laughs) really not where you want to be. And so a lot of times people will look at, oh, this thing ahead that I'm shifting into could have potential risks without you know, my background in investment banking was about risk assessment ultimately. And I realized that the biggest risk is staying where I am, right? Mm -hmm. A nice NIN quote, when the risk um, to stay closed becomes so great, that's when the bud opens. I really butchered that quote, but it is essentially, essentially, you know, the, the process of defining for ourselves what we want and how to move into it. Now, I had grown up with this idea. I mean, I had no religious background, definitely was not in this new age philosophy at all. Um, you know, I was sort of in the idea that life is a struggle and it's painful and uncomfortable and Russians kind of carry their struggle as a badge of honor. And they've had to for, you know, millennia now to survive. And when I started learning about mindset and that reality is not this hard, rigid thing that I have to mold to, but actually with the power of my thoughts and my attitude and behaviors, I can mold my reality. That was so radical to me. I mean, I really was the biggest skeptic and my book is written from the perspective of a skeptic because I did not just take on that truth and just live happily ever after. I took it on as a scientist. I started testing and experimenting and I saw with my own eyes and felt with my own body the results of what is possible when we change our perspective, our mindset, our attitude, our beliefs, our habits as a result and behaviors, how reality reflects that. And so for me, it became this recognition that really the biggest risk is the known that I do not want and that everything else becomes a much smaller risk in comparison. And I do really, um, encourage everyone and help uh, people that I work with to develop a capacity to step into the new um, so that you feel bigger than any problem and that you recognize, yeah, that everything is there to serve you. Yeah. That is such a beautiful way to put it. And I think that, I think you're right. I think that there's probably even several people listening right now who they they just don't believe in manifestation. You know what I mean? They just, they think it's something like crazy that crazy people do. (laughs) And it's like, it's not true. I remember, and I had someone on the podcast not too long ago and I had, we were both speaking at a retreat and she was speaking on manifestation and I went to her class and, and she, I remember just her talking about what it's like to manifest. And I just remember thinking, Oh, I've, I've done that my whole life. Like I didn't know that's what that was called, but I've done that my whole life. And she, I remember her coming up to me afterwards and she said, I get this feeling that you are just a natural manifester. And I said, yeah, I didn't know that's, that's what that was or, or anything. And it's, we talked further about how I can kind of hone that in and like even do better at it and everything. But I don't know. I just think it's so true how, I think it's just all about that growth mindset of really believing that you can do anything, that you can have anything, that there are no limits, and then really just starting to believe it. What are some ways that you, for yourself or for someone who might be a little bit skeptical, that you can just start slow or start small? What are some steps? Oh, you said so many great things. Let me see if I can respond in order. <laughs> so much juicy stuff. I'm a bit of a rambler. I love it. Um, so the first thing is that um this whole idea of manifestation, for a long time I didn't call it manifestation. I just called it doing you know, reaching your goals and creating what you want and all of that. Because the definition of the word manifest is to make evident or certain by showing or displaying. So you're literally just showing or displaying what you believe, which by this definition, everything that I have, everything that you have, everything that you've created and lived and every single person in this world is a manifestation. It has become evident now to everybody what is 
happening internally or however you want to define the process of taking something that was an idea or an experience and now it has a series of, um, you know, outward reflections. And so everyone's always manifesting. Everybody's a natural manifester. When I hear stuff like that, I'm just like, yes, everyone's a natural manifester because you are born with a capacity to do this. And what is this? I am teaching people how to do it deliberately so that they're not just creating things that they're like, "Mm, some of it I like, some of it I really didn't like. Why in the world is this happening to me? Why am I here? How did I get here? The subtitle of my book is learn why you don't have what you want and how to get it. And a big part is the first part. Learn why you don't have what you want. So you can do it deliberately. You can't do something deliberately until you understand it. And the idea that you need to believe in it is the biggest, you know, crock or whatever that has been created. You don't need to believe in anything. I don't need to believe that uh, drinking this water will, you know, quench my thirst. I do it and then I see the evidence. And I'm a big proponent of testing everything. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it because the truth is we are all different and you need different amount of water than I do and different foods for your body today than you did last year or for somebody else. And so it is about customizing and recognizing that it isn't something that you have to have some faith in. This isn't a religion. This is a practical application to teach you how to use your mind to enact and enable change in your life. That's all. It is not some woo-woo mystical, you do not need to pray to someone or to, you know, have some rituals that are different than what you know. You do need to understand that the greatest power you have is your mind, is your imagination, is your capacity to rework and rewrite anything that you have lived or anything that you want to create, and that your body is a reflection of that. Your emotions are a reflection of what is happening in your mind. And ultimately, you know, the the quote by Buddha that what you, I'm going to butcher all of these quotes because they're long, Um, but you know, your thoughts reflect your essentially habits and reflect your actions and then reflect your destiny. So it begins with a thought and it ends with what you see as a manifestation of it. Sleeping with a Stranger is officially available everywhere books are sold in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Since the book's launch, I've been amazed by how it's been received. From being named a bestseller by USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble, to incredibly personal and touching reviews from my amazing readers, it's been such a wild journey. Here's one of my favorite reviews. I got the book in the mail today and finished it before going to bed. It's not that it was an easy read, it's just that I could not put it down. There were so many truth bombs that I could resonate with in my own life, but I will have to skim back through a second time to highlight them since I couldn't stop long enough to do so the first time. I don't remember the last time, if ever, I have wanted to read an entire book in one day, but this one I did. I can't wait to share this story with you. To get your copy, go to jessicazimmerman.com today or wherever books are sold. And to make sure you get all my upcoming book tour updates, join the newsletter list now. I think for me, you know, a way that, and I think what this person meant when she said you're a natural manifester is I think that I naturally think about what I want in a positive way. You mm. know what I mean? Yes. Um, and so I, every year, make a vision board, you know, of what I want. And sometimes these things seem so far out of reach. I do not know how they will happen, but it doesn't stop me from putting it on there. You right. know what I mean? It doesn't. Right. I don't kill the dream with the how, basically. And that's that's such an amazing place to be. And, you know, for those people who are there, that's incredible. Like you can do that more deliberately and more um, in small daily bites throughout your day through various other practices besides, you know, sort of setting that big attention at the beginning of the year. Um 
And for those that don't have that capacity, that's okay too, because I didn't start out with that. I, I started out with a lot of resistance. And still to this day, I'm a very um, sort of, uh, you know, heavy pedal to the metal person. So I move very quickly. I can fly high really quickly and I can, you know, dive low really quickly. And so for me, it has been a process of learning how to be able to, um, release the resistance to my own ideas and visions and desires and to allow really a process of co-creation, which is what you're describing. You're saying, I am open to this coming to me in any way that is possible, that my desire is my guiding light and my North star. And I hope most people get to that point, but I've also had quite a few people say, well, I can't get there. They have trauma or they have um, sure. some sort of, you know, um, beliefs that are really blocking them from even getting that far. And that's okay too. Like those stop, those small steps that you talked about is really the key. It's, uh, you know, one degree shifts over time will create the 180 degree turnaround. So it's not about leaping, you know, 25 degrees forward today that a lot of times creates kind of a whiplash anyway. Um, if you think of any time when you've really created something quite quickly and you weren't ready for it, and a lot of times it comes with discomfort and sort of a feeling of being an imposter or having challenges around it, like, well, I thought I wanted this, but now it's too much, or I didn't mm -hmm. plan for, you know, I got what I wanted, and now I have to figure out how to actually you know, make it work. Um, so, uh, you know, if the goal is fulfillment, like personal, true fulfillment, which is a big argument that I make in the book, that um, if you get good at this manifesting stuff, um, you will start to realize that none of it is really very fulfilling for long. So mm. what is it about then? Right. If I can, okay, great. I wanted money. I got the money. I wanted the job. I got the job. I wanted this partner. I got the partner. And then you realize, oh, now I have to live with this partner. Now I have to actually work in this job. Now I have to, mm -hmm. you know, raise these kids. Now I have to, like, now what? And that creates, you know, this kind of existential crisis that most of our society finds itself in, which is they don't really know. They're just going to keep moving the carrot further and further and chasing it. But whenever they reach any kind of moment that they've worked for, they have no practice of appreciating and celebrating it and being fulfilled. And if you don't have a practice of being fulfilled on the daily, you're certainly not going to um, have the capacity to do that when you reach your big dreams. And so you'll manifest the things you think you want and you'll feel more miserable than ever. Oh my God. There's so many things I want to say, um, but I need to know what you do daily to uh, appreciate fulfillment. Yeah. You know, it's a big um, sort of open-ended um communication that I have with myself. And it keeps evolving how I describe this. But essentially, I take the time each day. And sometimes it's, you know, especially when I had really young kids, my youngest is now four, but especially when he was a baby and, you know, I had twins running around, it, it could be like a minute that day. It didn't have to be very long. Um, I essentially connect with myself. I take a, a moment to close my eyes, to connect with my heart, with my body, and check in with myself, and then ask for what I truly want. I mean, at the simplest level, it is what do I need today? What do I want today? What do I want to experience? And then the, the most challenging part that is the most maybe technical part of all of this is to allow yourself to go there as if it's done. So at a very simple level, I ask myself what I need. So if I'm tired or depleted, I want to feel rested. If I feel, you know, limited in some way, I want to feel free. If I am, uh, you know, uh, having health challenges, I want to feel healthier, you know, whatever it is. If I'm having some trouble in my marriage, I want to feel more understood and seen and whatever. And so once I connect with what I want to feel, then I have the spoken, written visioning, guided imagery visioning, and the creative expression visioning and different exercises that I describe in my book, where you essentially take a moment to step into that reality as if it's done. What would it be like for me to feel totally seen and accepted? What would it be like for me to be in that abundance? And I could pull a memory from the past where I felt this way, uh, you know, on vacation somewhere or when I received, you know, $21,000 out of nowhere or, you know, whatever it is, or, um, uh, 
pull into the future where I imagine, I imagine what it would be like to have my book and to hold it way before I wrote the first word, right? So I sort of enter that reality. And then I let my my day go on and connect with that feeling and that touchstone as much as as possible but really it is allowing myself to give myself the fulfillment i am craving for now it's like i ask myself what am i hungry for and then i make that meal and then the rest of the day i move through as, sat, as satiated as as i can because i have really nourished myself and everything else becomes a bonus and that's when you are in a space of openness you are not needy you are not greedy in that sense for you need this to prove something to yourself or someone else. Um, You don't need the manifestations as much. And that's when you are not resisting anything and it can flow in because you've really met the need that you had. Now, acknowledging what you need is not a strong suit for most women. And it's something that I've really had to learn to give myself permission to acknowledge and accept and maybe even ask for what I need. Um, That's been a journey for me. And then allowing it to be something that is a co-creation with this world, whether you want to call it God or spirit, you want to call it, you know, universal laws or just nature um, to recognize that I am seen and supported and I am open to that support and co-creation. And as it comes in and flows in, just saying, yep, thank you. I appreciate that. More please. I, I I called it in and I'm receiving it now and praising and celebrating. Life becomes a series of um, expected and unexpected presents that you open. And some presents are very obvious when it is very pleasant and something that maybe you expected or something that you didn't expect, but is really delicious and right away um, makes you feel good. And sometimes those presents come in disguises. Sometimes it comes with someone leaving or doing something that is, um, you know, it throws you off in some way. It didn't go the way you wanted. Um, and I always say you either get what you want or what you need and you get what you need so you can get to what you want. It's like, you've been asking for this thing. Life is responding to it. Are you wise enough to recognize that this is a response to what you've been asking for and the next level of growth for you? So you are a match for what you've been, um, visioning and creating. I love what you said about, um, it's hard because I agree. I believe it's hard for a lot of women to just stop and go, wait a minute, what do I need? What do I want? Um, Because we are often taking care of a bunch of other people and we um, somehow that is looked upon. I don't know if it was just, if it's all the generations or what, but I think that there has been this thing that society has told us that if we focus too much on ourselves, then that is selfish. And when in reality, it's one of the most selfless things we can do, because if we can take care of ourselves, then we can um, be our best for other people. And I think something that is really hard for women to understand, and uh, somebody actually shared this with me a couple years ago, and man, it it just hit me right where when it needed to, because she said, Jessica, why do you deny your own desires. Because I kept saying, well, I mean, I feel like I keep feeling like this is supposed to happen, but I mean, that's not, that's crazy, right? I mean, you know, and I would just, and she would say, I mean, why do you think you even have those thoughts? Don't you understand that those were planted inside of you? Don't you understand that those things that keep coming to your mind of, man, that'd be great, or "I, I see myself in this role or whatever, don't you understand those don't just come out of nowhere? Like you are supposed to go in that direction. And I think what we do as women so often is we will shut that down and go, oh, that's crazy. I can't, I can't do that. I can't live that. I mean, especially if you are sitting at home right now, you've got two or three kids, you've got spit up on your shoulder, whatever it is. And you have keep having this dream or this feeling of, I don't know, of being a, you know, one of the world's best motivational speakers or being a singer or being, I don't know, whatever it is, or owning your own business or something, that seems crazy at that time. Cause you're just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you, and so you shove it down. Right. Yeah. Well, and you're talking about like all of the 
sort of ways we've been indoctrinated into it from well-meaning parents who say, no, you don't know what you need to eat. I'm going to tell you what you need to eat because this is the right way to do it. And then teachers who say, no, your learning style is not the right style because this is how the school is done and you have to adapt to us. And so we've been, we're indoctrinated into it. And, you know, I think it's natural to um, sort of <laughs> have become disconnected from yourself in the process of needing to be things in order to receive love ultimately. And Absolutely. you know, it I'm is like sitting here like doing praise hands because <laughs> you and I should read each other's books because I think that we would be maybe best friends. Um, but I say in the beginning of mine, I say something like, um, that we have been handed a script from the moment that we're born yes. that basically says, this is what's expected of you. This is how you're supposed to think. This is what you're supposed to say. And it's not until much later in life that you start to question the script. Right. And for some people, maybe the script they were handed is the right script for them. You know, you just got handed a role in a play and maybe that really fits you. But if it doesn't, which is the majority of the people, most people don't realize that they have the power to rewrite the script. Mm-hmm. And exactly. that it's only as complicated as and like the choice of continuing to play the same old script is just as difficult or easy as writing a new script. Like it is not inherently um, somehow more difficult. It's just that most people don't realize that they have sort of the pen in their hand and they're the, the director of this, right? And I, I feel like I start with that because a lot of people will start to beat themselves up, especially when they start to understand that they have played a role, even an unconscious role most of the time in the things that have happened that they are not happy about. And um, I like to give the analogy that you sort of realize that you have this magic, you know, magic stick in your hand, your magic wand. And the best use of recognizing that you have this magic wand is not to take it and beat yourself up over the head with it, right? Like use it to create what you truly want. And so, yes, we have been indoctrinated and it does run deep. And I also believe that that's a part of the manifesting fuel that we have to create something new. A lot of my work, even before I had my kids, was my self-work, that is, um, was because I wanted to be able to look my kids in the eye and really feel like I am a whole person and a full version of myself. I wanted to teach and lead by example, not just tell them they can do anything and everything is possible and they're amazing and loved, but I didn't feel loved and and amazing myself, right? What a hypocritical thing to do. And, you know, through my own childhood experiences and what I've lived, I realized that my parents really didn't have the capacity to give me these things. And I started to see that as a blessing because Mm. it directed me, you know, Rumi has a quote that through the cracks, the light enters. And those were the cracks that led me to look for the light. If I had received all of that, I don't think I would have become the person I am and, and looked for and understood deliberate creation at the way that I understand it now. I, I wouldn't have been driven. Um, you know, uh, you're pushed by pain till you're pulled by vision. That's Michael Beckwith, where I just feel like I, that pain pushed me to what else is possible and how do I really create a life that feels even like okay to me? I wasn't really trying to shoot for the stars. I just wanted to be, you know, not depressed and not miserable at the time. And the more that I go in this direction, the more I find that there isn't a ceiling to how amazing life can be. I mean, I'm sitting in my like million dollar home in Puerto Rico right now. We moved here last year with my family and I'm overlooking the Caribbean ocean from for as far as I can see is the ocean in front of me. And it's been a dream of mine for so many years. And the best part of this manifestation is not that I'm here. It's that I enjoyed the journey here. And by the the time we got here, I can really receive it and feel worthy of it and feel ready for it. And so everything happens exactly at the time when I can most appreciate and receive it now. And this is my wish for people. That's what I mean by satisfaction and fulfillment so that you actually feel satisfied and fulfilled. And yes, it does take awareness of what your needs are and connection with your body, which is another area that we are not strong at as a Western society. And your body cannot lie. 
Your body has infinite wisdom and it is always reflecting and mirroring back to you what is in alignment and what is in resistance. And when you can learn to interpret and communicate with your body, it can become like your, uh, you know, manifesting toolkit. It can become like your navigation tool to take you any, to any destination that you want. And that is an ongoing process. I I really want to make it clear that there is no, like you get it done and you get healed and you figure it out and you create everything. It is an ongoing journey and you can learn to really enjoy the journey and the journey will get better and better and better. Or you can keep chasing these empty carrots that will never fulfill you and leave you feeling lost and empty after each one. And so I, I hope that it inspires more people to really, um, follow, uh, their curiosity and discover for themselves what is meaningful to them today. Cause it has to be something that's about today, not about 10 years from now. I think you hit the nail on the head with that, with talking about, because you're exactly right. We can have a dream or a goal. We can reach it. And then we're right on to the next goal. We don't even stop to celebrate or to even think about how do I feel now that I've achieved this thing that was a goal for so long, but it really is about enjoying the journey, which I know sounds so cliche and corny, but I think, you know, I actually... I believe in manifestation. I believe in all of that. And I also, you know, go to church regularly and have daily devotionals. And one of the things that I just read recently, it said, you know, God can do, um, he can turn a little into a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we are thinking about what we want, maybe it is, you know what, I live in this little house and I want a big house at the beach where I can see the ocean or something like that. But if we're not appreciating our life in the little, we're never going to get the big. And it's not until we can really appreciate this life. And like you said, begin living your life from a place of, of, of actually feeling as if you already have the beach home, even though you don't. And that is, I believe when things start to open up slowly, but surely, you know what I mean? I think that you have Mm -hmm. to, and that's the thing is like you said, that's the difference. And I just want to make that really clear because I think people might hear, oh, you're getting, you're actually living your dream. Well, good for you, but I'm not. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is you can get to your dream as well, but you have to start um, having an appreciation for every day. You have to appreciate the little so that you because you're never going to appreciate the big until you appreciate the little. Yeah. To get what you want, you've got to want what you've got. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in one room, literally with no bathroom, no kitchen, one room, dorm style housing until I was 12 years old. And I've lived in, we, when we came here, we were on welfare and lived in small apartments and small, like I know what it's like not to have. And so when people just call me lucky or dismiss it, like, well, good for you. I'm like, thank you. I'm so glad that you can receive the ease with which I now live this life, but it is not it is not my story that this was handed to me or it just happenstance. And the big shift for me is when we were in a tiny, tiny apartment, we got pregnant like a month after we got engaged and then ta-da, it's twins. It all happened very quickly. I had to leave grad school um, like because I – had to give birth, you know, so things were not going as planned. And we were in this tiny apartment with these newborns going like, what in the world just happened? And I remember really having to practice these principles in a way that, um, you know, I sort of challenged myself uh, to put it to the test. Like if I can appreciate this tiny, tiny kitchen where we could only have room, there was like literally one countertop. And if you put the cutting board on it, there was no other room in that kitchen like to put anywhere else. And I just thought, you know, there are times when I didn't have hot water when I was growing up. So I'm going to appreciate the hot water. I'm going to appreciate the electricity. And I'm going to appreciate that I have so much love in my life. And I have these healthy, happy babies and my body makes milk for them. And I like... I literally appreciated the the most I squeezed out every ounce of appreciation for what was there and if 8 out of 10 things that I wanted weren't there then I really practiced focusing on the two that were there and that's what allowed me to be in a space of receiving more 
Yes. And sometimes that's exactly what it takes is just deliberate practice. Just sitting down and going, okay, I'm in a bad mood because I'm not getting what I want. So let me just practice this. Let me just practice naming the things that I am appreciative for. And, you know, I do that. You may not know this, but I have twins as well. So that's another reason. That's right. That's right. I need to read your book because we are clearly (laughs) twin connected. Yes. (laughs) Mothers of twins, we're in like this secret club to where um, when we find out that there's another mom, we just, we instantly are connected because we get it how hard it is. But, um, but we get it. So, so much respect for you. But I think that, you know, that is something that we have to do is we have to, and I even do this with my kids. I will, every, every day we will sit down and I will say, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the food in the pantry. And one of them will say, I'm grateful for the water we get to drink. One of them will say, I'm grateful for the roof over our head and just the simplest of things, because I want them to start from a very young age, learning that that's really what it's about. And I want to take just a second. And just for those of you who are listening, who are just, I'll give an example of my own kind of goals and dreams. And uh, as we're recording this, we close on our home in two days. So I have put on my vision board last year, a picture of an Airstream. I've always had this dream of taking off a year and just traveling the USA with my family and um, never really knew how that would work out or when that would happen or whatever. And we're about a week away from doing just that. And what's crazy is this time last year, never in a million, like I didn't think that was happening this year. You know what I mean? I didn't, that wasn't necessarily the plan. It was just like, oh, this is a dream of mine that I've always wanted to do. So I'm not going to kill that dream. I'm going to put it on the vision board. And it's interesting how just doing that right there, things start to come to you. But then there's also things, you know, for example, I also wrote a book and it, you know, was launched during a pandemic. And there were things that I had hoped would happen in a specific timeline. Um, you know, with that You book gave that- your own clue right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Because yes. it's not about your little mind, yep. little you timing, yep. right? It's if it's God's timing. And, yes, only, and exactly. you co-creating. So to think that you're driving this bus is a it's little- crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And I think that when we start to really think um, cause like I said, with the Airstream, it was like, oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? And it was just like on the vision board and done. And then there was this other goal for the book that I kind of started to work hard for and, you know, and everything. And it was, and so then there's not this frustration about the Airstream. Meanwhile, that's coming to fruition, but there's this frustration that like this book thing isn't happening in the timeline that I wanted it to, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that for a second because I think sometimes maybe that, and I, I of course know intellectually, I'm like, okay, Jessica, like th- you're getting frustrated because you're trying to control this and that's not that's not what this is about. And let's think about all the things that we're grateful for with the book. You didn't have one written at all this time last year. Now you do. Now it's in stores. Now like, let's focus on the good things and stop focusing on this one other thing that you are working towards happening. So I think what I want to talk about for just a second is the difference between the two and, and why somebody might start to get frustrated with this idea of manifesting, if that if that's how they're doing it. Yeah. Is my question making any sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I want to answer it two ways, which is the first one is what you said. And um, think of your, you know, sort of natural patterns as momentum. So you might have a lot of velocity in one belief and kind of more general and moving slower, like a slower moving car in another belief in another area. And so if you start off with something that doesn't have that much velocity and it's kind of light, you're like, well, I either get it or I don't get it. That's okay. You're not putting your whole identity and self-worth into it. And like a lot of, you know, a lot of different, uh, um, pressures. And the pressure is an indicator that you have tied this desire, this manifestation to resistance. 
Mm-hmm. It's like you are at the same time asking and wanting and pulling it in as you are pushing it away from you. That's a part of the reason why it feels pressured. It feels tense. It feels like friction. It feels like when when you are just moving quickly, you know, if you're going in a car uh, 500 miles an hour and there's a lot of bumps in the road and trees, that's very not smooth. There's a lot of friction. But if you are flying at 500 miles an hour and there are no... Um, you know, uh, obstacles and resistance, then it feels smooth. So it it is a matter of recognizing, is this something you can pivot into gratitude from? However, a lot of times people do what's called spiritual bypass, where they just want to cover up this really, really big gaping wound that they have. For example, the need to prove to others that they are worthy um, mm. typically stems from not feeling safe and accepted as a child. Um, and when I use the words trauma, by the way, I use them very um, broadly, that they're really formative experiences that have created a certain perspective that has left us in some ways with behaviors and attitudes that no longer serve us. Like you are not um, okay as you are. You mm. are not safe to be um, who you naturally are, right? When we have experiences that the trauma response comes up and we um, sort of learn through pain that it is not okay to be ourselves, to express, to ask, to want, um, that it'll come with pain, then the feeling of pressure and tension is a beautiful portal into saying, what is this really about for me? What am I feeling? And if you maybe connect with, you know, I I also had this book coming out and there are also things that didn't go according to timeline. And, you know, when I dove into this process, I realized that for me, it was me wanting to be like, look, now it's real to all the people that thought me leaving investment banking <laughs> and going into the woo-woo world was nuts. And then I realized, but what what is that really about? And I think it's just the desire of wanting to be seen and accepted. And I can't, I can knock on that door all I want, but that is not where I'm going to find acceptance and being seen because some people will and some people won't and some people in my family will get it and some won't. And if I base my happiness, my joy, my sense of self uh, and my sense of fulfillment based on what other people think and do, then I have already given my power. I've already given my power to them. I don't hold it anymore. Now I'm just a puppet and whichever way they move, I have to follow. So a lot of times this kind of tension resistance when something isn't working, it's like that that dawn, uh, you know, it's darkest before the dawn. It's sort of that pressure point that can be your portal into deeper self-understanding, self-acceptance, self-love, self-empowerment. Sometimes it's a sign that we... Um, you know, have marched not to our own drumbeat, but to somebody else's drumbeat, and we sort of need to reset. Um, and those are the moments a lot of times that define us, that really move us into a new direction. So when you recognize that whatever is happening is for you. So if yep. it worked out this way, great. Thank you, more please. If it worked out another way, great. What is the meaning? What is the value? What is the the gift in this for me? And when you receive that gift, then you have fully unlocked whatever it was there to give you and you are free to create anything else that you choose. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And like I said, it's like intellectually, you know all of this, but I think just as human nature, we still, and I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, to be honest, I think a lot of us are futuristic thinking and we, you know, we have these goals, this, these, and that we work hard for. And it is, there are lots of goals that, you know, you work hard and you achieve. And so when there are the ones that you don't, you start to, like you said, put pressure on it, which then, like you said, adds resistance to the point where with this, I just have to every day be grateful and, and, and say, you know, these are the things I'm thankful for around the book and just try to shift it. But I think that we can't get upset with ourselves or, or down on ourselves because I do think it's human nature and it's just part of retraining, you know, and you have to, I mean, listen, I've been all about a growth mindset and everything is possible for years and years, but I still have to check myself, you know, and you and will forever, like, oh, right? Cause it's never done. Like, it's not like, you know, 
Oprah and Beyonce have no problems. Exactly. Uh, but but here's what they did do, right? Here's what Beyonce quite literally took the lemons and make lemonade. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's part of my message. I'm like, whatever you've got, you can make what you want out of it. But most people won't receive what they've got because they are busy judging it and resisting it. And again, that is the work. I mean, in my programs, it is deep inner personal work and you, you will have a chance to really reflect on the experiences that shaped you and formed you because without sort of giving homage to those and recognizing those, you're sort of standing without a root. And when mm-hmm. you can root yourself into what's truly authentically important, um, meaningful to you and what is you, what, who are you and what is your big why for existing? That is not just to, you know, pay the bills and feed the kids. And that is not a big enough why for you to, uh, be able to feel, uh, any kind of meaning in life. And that kind of self-discovery and journey, it really does need a container. And this is why even in my book, I'm like, you can read all the books, you can listen to all the podcasts, but ultimately you're going to have to create some sort of a container, whether that's, you know, a, a retreat or working with, with somebody or, um, creating a sort of a group of, of friends that do this together. Um, so that you can create sort of an incubator, if you will, like a, like a cocoon where you can grow your wings. And once you learn this process, you'll be able to do it over and over again. And you will do it over and over again, as any entrepreneur can tell you, that you you have many lives. And uh, a lot of times your greatest breakthroughs are going to come from things not working anymore. That's because you're ready for something else. If you want to build a great business or live a good life, you've got to plan for it. Every year, I take a whole month to reevaluate the past 12 months and figure out what worked, what didn't, and how I can create a life I love for the following year. I teach you my exact planning process in my program, Know Your Numbers, annual planning for your best year. If you want a free training to get some tips on planning your best year yet, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash Know Your Numbers. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash Know Your Numbers. I find with a lot of my students that once we start working together, they start to realize that the goals they've been working toward, that they aren't really goals they care about reaching, you know? Um, And I think if I can go back for two seconds about what you were saying about this cocoon, I think, you know, one of the habits of successful people is that they, they get, that they become a big editor around who they actually spend time with. And, you know, we've all heard that phrase of, the five people we hang out with the most, like we are an average of those five people because, um, you know, if someone is negative all the time around you or telling you that you can't, something's not possible, you start to believe that, which is why you have to really, you know, edit, be a ruthless editor in your own life. And so I love what you said about that, but okay, back to the students. So maybe they'd been distracted by other voices or competitors or with the goal of just keeping up with the person in front of them, right? So how can they begin to tune into their own intuition to make sure on a daily basis that they're manifesting their true dreams and not someone else's? Mm, That's really good. So I have an exercise called formative life experiences that then takes you to identify your core intentions. So one quick way that we could do it together, and then you can do the exercise from the book uh, in more detail, is that think of one really, really peak like amazing experience in your life. It doesn't have to be success as defined by somebody else, but you just felt like, wow, this was an amazing moment. This was like, you know, the the peak of my life so far. So everyone bring something to mind. And I want you to enter that moment as if you are there, you know, you're cheering, celebrating, or just feeling um, gratitude. And then connect with the core emotions that you are experiencing. So maybe it's feeling really, you know, at peace or really seen or accepted or um, really free, whatever it is. This is a part of the core intentions 
that you have come to fulfill in this lifetime. And whatever you create has to have that in its essence, or it won't meet your destiny. And the destiny is not something that somebody else decided. It is something that you have co-created with the universe, with source as sort of your focus for this life. And so if you do your most uh, wonderful, successful peak experiences, and then the next part of this exercise is we look at our most difficult, challenging, and painful experiences, and we identify the core intentions, what people start to see is that there's a theme, that the most painful experiences are where they didn't get these desires that they want and their most successful experience are the ones where they did get it. And so they start to see that, oh, this is what I truly want. This becomes their North star. When you are assessing how you're going to edit, you know, uh, as you said, your friend circle, your news circle, what books you read, you're going to look, does this make me feel seen and heard? And if not, how can I adjust it? Or how do I move away to where I do feel seen and heard? It's natural then to move towards certain relationships and out of others. It's natural then for you to recognize which clients are right for you or which business ideas are right for you because you're in alignment with what truly is the essence of you and what matters to you. It is that kind of tone that is your unique song that you can hear in circumstances, people and situations. And when something sounds off key, you know that it is not matching who you are and what you truly want. It might be somebody else's vision, somebody else's dream, but it is not yours. And then it becomes easy once you know, once, you know, as, instead of a harmonious orchestra, you have a cacophony in your ears. You're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like, this is not it. It becomes easy to make the choices and the decisions when you have clarity about this. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of um, foundational clarity is really key. And Uh, The people that are most successful that I have known and read about are the ones that take the time to understand their key intentions, their key focus, their key purpose, so that they can keep going to it and rooting in it anytime they have a lack of clarity. It is their guiding light. It is their North Star. It is where they recognize they are in alignment with source, with Mm -hmm. the divine guidance, and they are not willing to um, deny the God within. They are not willing to deny their purpose and it becomes easier to move through. And it feels like water's part in front of you, but the truth is you've done the work yourself. And now this is the reflection and celebration from life. Yeah. I'm going to share with you because I, I closed my eyes and I did that exercise and I thought it was really great. And what instantly came to my mind when you said, think of one of the happiest moments or that you felt really, you know, successful or whatever. Um, I thought about when I was 25 years old and my husband and I, Brian, we had saved for a year and a half to backpack Europe for a month. And we were finally there. We we were about two weeks into our trip. So we were about halfway through and we were standing on the Charles Bridge. And I remember looking at everyone around us and they were they were probably in their you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. And here we are 25. And I just thought, man, I'm so glad that we kind of went against the grain, like that we chose to do this now, as opposed to waiting until after we retire. There was a feeling in me that felt really free. And um, And it sounds like adventure is a key part of your, so for you, nothing, nothing will feel satisfying if it doesn't have that element of adventure and freedom in it. You know what I mean? Yes. And what's interesting is when I thought about my lowest moment, it was the year that I, my daughter had just turned two. I just had twin boys and my husband became ill and he was in and out of the hospital and I felt trapped mm. because I, I had to take, I felt the opposite of freedom and the opposite of adventure. And I've never done an exercise like that where it's like, think about, cause you're right. The, the what I was most excited about was freedom and adventure. And what I was most debilitated by was that I didn't have freedom and adventure. And isn't it so powerful to 
this is why I say like self-fulfillment cannot come without self-understanding, self-acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 we really do need to make meaning of ourselves and our lives if we're going to um, love ourselves and be able to take really amazing care of ourselves. And so, you know, if in the future you were to face a situation that was limiting and debilitating in a similar way, which I hope you, you will never have to face something like that again, um, then it's going to be the next level of mastery for you to find whatever freedom and adventure that you can within those limits. Mm-hmm. Because that is what you're going to need to do in order to fulfill your destiny. And I, you know, I believe that we're, we're never handed anything that we're not ready for. And to be able to know this, not in hindsight, right, but in right. present moment, whew, I mean, it's what like a, you. Yeah, that's just a gift. <laughs> yeah. I want everyone to do that exercise because I, I'm over here like getting emotional because it's not like I didn't know that those two things made me happy. I mean, clearly I went into business for myself so I could, you know, not have to work for anyone else. So there was a, a bit of freedom there, but it's, I don't know, to know those two words, there's something really, like you said, guiding about that. Well, and I'll, I'll, you know, maybe make a suggestion. I wonder if the timeline that you had for your book that didn't work out was also lacking that. Well, and I wonder <laughs> if that had happened, that this airstream would not have happened. Exactly. Which is what I ultimately want because that's freedom and adventure. So boom, you did it perfectly. What a great manifestation you've created for yourself. And doesn't it completely change uh, the way you feel and the way you see things when you're totally. in that clarity versus lack, you know, and feeling like it didn't go right to now saying right. everything's gone right in a better way than my yeah. limited mind could have imagined at the time. I mean, I just had the biggest, like, I feel like educational moment just now. Like that was really powerful what you just did. It really well. Like I will I will remember that for the rest of my life. Like <sighs> yeah. Thank you. I'm crying with you. I'm a, I'm a, a mirror crier. So <laughs> it it really, you know, it's it's really I, I what I do, you know, or what I share, it really is God's work in my eyes. It is, it is what I'm here to do because I feel like it's these moments, you know, one of my key, um, key core intentions and core desires is connection. And my most painful moments is when I felt so disconnected. So you just gave me, you know, my core intention, which is to have a connection, even if it's, you know, for, for an hour on a podcast, I hope that it connects to other people's hearts who are listening to this. It, it is what gives me the most satisfaction, fulfillment. And without that connection, when I used to just have courses and make money, but I couldn't feel the connection with people, it was really empty for me. And I ended up shutting that, that kind of business model down because to me, connection has to be at the center of it or it's, it, or it has no intrinsic meaning or satisfaction satisfaction for me. And then what the heck am I doing? Yeah, totally. Oh, this was so good. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful. Tell me the name of your book again, because I'm about to go and order it right now. (laughs) Manifest (laughs) Manifest that miracle. So it is really for you to create what you truly want. And most importantly, want what you've got (laughs) and want what you get. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Thank you so, so much for being here. Okay. So I ask everyone this question and this might seem like a silly question after all we've talked about, but, um, but I just think it's fun. So I always end the interviews with this question. If you had Oprah's money, right? So billions of dollars and you had to buy something for yourself, totally selfish, what would it be? You know, it's such a like layered question, right? Um, I'm going to answer it with like my gut kind of, I mean, I just think the most epic thing I can imagine currently is to go beyond the earth. So I would mm-hmm. go to the moon. <laughs> I want to have that flight. I want to, I mean, I just can't imagine anything more miraculous than to be, you know, moving away from the earth and seeing it in its orbit and like what the astronauts get to experience. And if I could somehow actually land on the moon, which, you know, directs so many tides and rhythms on, on our planet, I, I, I'm always thinking beyond, right? So this would be the biggest beyond 
beyond I can imagine currently. Besides that, you know, maybe I could learn to like astral travel or something else, but this would be where money could come to good use. I would go hop on Elon Musk's rocket or whatever he has. <laughs> go right. to the moon. Absolutely. Oh, that's such a good answer. I love that. My kids have been learning about space for the last few weeks and we have watched lots of fun videos about that. And I've thought about, I'm like, that would be crazy to like right. look back at earth and see it and be like, huh, that's where I live. I mean, it's I mean, going to be transcendent in so many yeah, ways that I can't totally. even imagine. So yeah, that would be a good use of money. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for being here. I'm so, so grateful. I definitely had a big takeaway and I know the listeners will as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to get your book and I hope that anybody listening to this will connect with us. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to continue this conversation because it is such a meaningful one. And again, Jessica, thank you. Such an amazing interview and I hope you have the best time ever on your (laughs) airstream vacation. I mean, what way to manifest that miracle? I mean, that is incredible. I'm going to be following your journey because I feel like maybe that's a desire that I'm going to add to my <laughs> to my list of things we want to try. <laughs> come come join us. Well, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun. It's going to be an adventure. That is for sure. Yes. So so crazy. Thank you again. I hope that as you were listening to today's episode, you felt the freedom to give an ear to a dream you've been pushing down, a need you've been ignoring, or a desire you don't feel like you're worthy of fulfilling. Today, give yourself a moment, even if it's just a few seconds, to listen to what your body, your mind, and your spirit are telling you you need. Follow that curiosity and trust yourself. Thanks for listening to Zimmerman Podcast. I'll see you back here next week.